It felt like my soul had been someplace else for a really, really long time. I entered into the eye of the storm of grief that I had been carrying. I, I began to cry. The littlest thing would just send me into an anxiety spiral that, like, it's just one little thing. Why is this little thing ruining my day? Elicinia is a unique psilocybin retreat based in Mexico with a focus on meditation, neuroscience, and brain health. I had zero doubt that this was something that I was going to go through and actually do. That self-compassion sort of had trickled into every little part of my life. I hadn't laughed that hard in so long. The profoundness with which I experienced like reality, the magnitude of the beauty was just completely overwhelming. Lily, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's so wonderful to see you again. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why you decided to come to Elocinia? So my name is Lily. I come from Spain in Europe and I work in sales. You know, I have a stressful work, but pretty happy lives in general. I'm lucky. And yeah, I visited Elocinia very recently. So that's about me. What made you decide on Elocinia and why was that a route that you decided that you needed in your life? And had you ever done psychedelics before? I guess this was like kind of like an inner call for me. I wasn't planning on it, but I guess I was at a point in my life where I had been suffering for a short while. Actually, I listened to this podcast and I listened to many of the interviewees and I was really, really dazzled to see, really strange to see how many people suffer for so long, you know, this long-term chronic diseases. And in my case, I could find myself wondering, like, am I lucky really? Because I, I can tell that I have a pretty happy life until now, until 2022 arrived. And then my entire life was torn apart by a very traumatic year. And I guess this is exactly what, how life happens, you know, all of a sudden and from one day to another, you cannot take anything for granted. So what happened in 2022 is that I went through a really uh, traumatic experience by losing two children, two pregnancies at a pretty advanced stage, both for the same reason, you know, kind of like a genetic disorder. So pretty unavoidable and very painful experiences. The first one happened at the beginning of 2022 and the last one happened at the end of 2022. And I know from a lot of women that suffer miscarriages and abortions that it can sound as something that comes natural. I would like to say that my experience is that it's not. Obviously, I was seeking children, but I cannot say from my own experience that any miscarriage or any abortion is free of trauma. It is a really hard and difficult and ugly experience, and it marked me for life. It's true that in my case, I had a really specific situation, you know, that made it even harder. One of the pregnancies happened in the middle of COVID. So I had a lot of complications being able to, you know, terminate the pregnancy itself. So that led to almost just more trauma. Lots of times in hospitals that I had to repeat over and over again, like for example, the ultrasounds, you know, things that only a woman can really understand and that deeply traumatized me 
those particular ultrasounds that you mentioned, they were traumatizing because you were seeing the deformities of the chromosomal disorder. Yeah, correct. So everybody that has had any experience with malformations or genetic disorders in not born babies will know how this is, right? It's just a very hard vision. It's just a very hard picture to watch and it's traumatic. And a woman is forced to see almost the development of this condition over time. While, I mean, and I'm so happy for my husband that he wasn't, you know, but for the woman, it's almost mandatory. So I was subjected to this thing twice. And those particular genetic disorders that continue to recur in your pregnancies, it's very rare for them to happen once, but for them to happen two times in a row just really marked you for that experience. So it was the same disorder, one right after the other. Right, exactly. And I think that was actually part of the beginning of my road to psychedelics because I had in this first experience, I mean, there's multiple cases like mine, you know, there's multiple miscarriage cases and everything happens for a reason. In my case, it was genetics, but there's women that had polycystic ovaries or have all the conditions that just let them to miscarriage after miscarriage. So I'm sure that a lot of women can relate that this is not a rare thing, even though it looks like it, but unfortunately it's not. But in my first abortion, I had the opportunity to right after this abortion go straight into a Ayurvedic treatment. I don't know if you know Ayurvedic medicine, but it's Indian and Sri Lankan medicine. It's deeply rooted in ancient medicine, plant-based medicine. It combines an integral approach to treating the body physically with massages, but also with inhalations and also with other mindfulness activities like for example tai chi or yoga so i had the opportunity to heal my first trauma through a retreat but it was two weeks intensive and through ayurvedic medicine and the way i entered that retreat and the way i exited i was a completely different person and then i could feel the importance of natural medicine and integral approach to healing through that experience what happened is that I was never expecting that I would have this a second time. And in this second time, because it happened at the end of the year, so almost, you know, coinciding with Christmas, I had to like continue with my life. You know, there was so much going on at the same time, but I was broken. And that's where I decided to look again back at some integral way of healing. Maybe not Ayurveda because I didn't want to do it again. That was a little bit of the start of my road to psychedelics. And then you found Alicinia and decided that was a good option for you. Exactly, exactly. I researched a lot. I think the research even started while I was still pregnant because I kind of knew that I was in this risk and I could find out pretty early on, earlier than in the first pregnancy. So I started to look at ways to overcome trauma. I had found myself very re-traumatized by reliving exactly the same experience. So I started to look into psychedelics as a way to trick the mind in a way, to reset the mind to kind of like this default mode that we also commented about in, in Elocenia. And that's where my husband gave me this book from Mike and Boland, How to Change Your Mind. And that was the beginning of my, you know, very self-applied introduction to psychedelics. I found that psilocybin was definitely the experience that I wanted to go through. And the effects, the long-term effects and deep effects that it could have on my past trauma and PTSD. 
so that's where I started to research and I interviewed with a bunch of places. Like this was maybe two months of full on research. I went through ayahuasca retreats. I interviewed with three retreats here in Spain, another one in Amsterdam. And my feeling was always a little bit like every retreat was just like too something oriented. Like some retreats were too business oriented and it looked to me like almost a non-inclusive hotel. Other retreats were leaning too much into the nature of the drug. And I needed a retreat that was focused on the nature of pain, on the nature of the condition that I was bringing to the retreat. And here's where I found Eleusinia and I started talking to Jessica. Did you have a lot of family support as you started to prepare for your journey to LSD? Yeah, yeah. I always had a lot of family support. Actually, I found it surprising that in Eleusinia, there are some people that didn't tell their families that they were there. There were some people that told them that they were on holidays and things like that. But in my case, I have to say I was lucky because everybody from my family, my mother, my father, they knew. My husband, of course, and he's actually now a little bit jealous that he didn't come. But uh, yeah, everybody was very supportive. So how did you feel when you first arrived that it was the right place for you? I felt it from the very beginning, not even when I arrived. I felt it from the moment that I started listening to your podcast. For me, it was the decisive factor besides talking to Jessica, because Jessica is a special is a special kind. She defines herself as a no person, but she's really funny and very straightforward. And she tells you things as they are. And from the first moment I started talking to her, she completely dismantled me, but not trying to sell me anything. She was just plain, fair, and honest about what Eleusinia was. She was interested in what brought me here. And that's the first thing that she asked. And she had a completely science-based approach to psychedelic. And I really loved that because I needed to understand the nature of it in order to enjoy it. And then when I arrived, I have to say that everything was so well organized to the smallest detail. Everything was planned. Everything was coordinated. There was a team of carers specialized in psychedelic caring and psychedelic support from the very beginning that guided you throughout the whole experience. I mean, the place was just sorted. I mean, it was beautiful food waiting for us from the very first moment we stepped into the place until the very last. Everything was delicious and the whole team was just so welcoming that from the first moment I walked in, I knew I was in good hands. Amazing. And then did you have a special time when you first met Josefina? Oh, yeah. So Josefina is, I, I can't even pronounce her name without getting emotional. I mean, she means a lot to me. I decided during the retreat to get closer to her because I had this mission to also give closure to my baby's death by leaving a part of them in Eleusinia. And I knew she would be the person that could eventually guide me there. And I could see it from the very first moment. I mean, she has something special about her. She's an active listener. I do remember her very well during the different trips, both the macro, the DMT, she was exceptional. And yeah, I developed this bond to her, probably like every one of us. I mean, we all loved her. Amazing. And so how were you feeling on ceremony day as you were sitting in the group, as you were about to ingest the mushrooms, were you feeling exactly where you were supposed to be? Well, the first thing I, I remember is sitting in the ceremony day with this inner feeling that I knew everything about psilocybin <laughs> by that point. It's like the information sessions and how detailed everything is, how you guys prepare us for the ceremony day is amazing. So I'm a little bit of a control freak and I was really scared at the beginning because I was like, oh my God, I don't know how this is going to affect me, you know, or if it's just a bad trip and all these things. 
but really it was so reassuring that you guys spend the time in explaining really how a trip can go, what are the different possibilities and how it's best to react to them in order to have the best trip possible. So by the time I sat in ceremony day, I felt I had this inner peace and I was prepared. And I thought that I was exactly where I was supposed to be and that I was doing a good thing for me and my body. What were the first effects that you started to notice as your trip started to unfold? Yeah, that's funny because they gave us like this, I don't know how to call it, like a cream in which the mushroom was. And then, of course, because I'd always need to be, I felt the need to go to pee. So I had already taken the psilocybin and then Emilio told us, okay, we're going to go in circles here and we're going to start working in circles. And in the moment that you start feeling the effects, you can go to a station. And in this like impasse, I went to the toilet. And then when I came out, everybody was still working in the circles. And then coming out of the house, I was like, oh my God. And then I really started to see. <laughs> so I think I was the first one that went straight into a station. And I found like this, Jessica called it my happy place. I found this station under a tree with yellow flowers and the first thing I remember was that behind this station, there was a big palm tree and I looked at that palm tree and I could see, the first thing I could see was amazing. I could literally see like life coming out of that palm tree and there was movement. It was as if a thousand million insects were like coming out and speaking to me. And it was like literally the first connection that I had with a natural entity beyond their plain aspect right and I just feel like oh my god this is like the tree of life this is like a god tree and I related a lot to that image and then I simply bowed and I guess I was just so impressed by the vision and I bowed to the tree and I remember telling it please teach me what you're here to teach me I am humble I am here to learn and it was beautiful. And from then on, yeah, the trip started. <laughs> That's how it started. <laughs> so you were still in that location of your happy place and you went over to the tree and were bowing to the tree. And then did you leave that location or did you get some more information about that tree? Did you feel love? I felt love. And you have to understand that this tree was important for me, even in a symbolic way, because I'm an atheist. And the world is a hard place for atheists because we have nowhere to go. We have nowhere to pray, no one to ask things from. And I think one of the reasons also why I wanted to do the senior is to connect to this part of my mystic self, you know, that some mysticism, that there's something beyond that. Even if I can call it like mother nature, it's okay. But I didn't have any visual images to relate to when I think of these things, when I think of God, say. And since I had that experience with the tree, I even draw it in my notebook. I always have now this tree in my head. So whenever I like pray to whoever, like the God of nature to help me with something, that tree is the first thing that comes to my mind. So I have this connection now with this, with this natural being, which is beautiful. Amazing. And so then where did you go after that, after you left the tree? I went back to my happy place and I think I was just there enjoying the colors and just the beautiful feeling. I have to say that I don't think I experienced fear or like a deep sense of challenge in my entire trip, I experienced more beauty than anything else. And what I experienced was just true feelings. I call it raw feelings, you know? Everything that I was feeling was just raw and was true. And there was nothing beyond that, you know? This feeling of interconnection that everybody speaks about with nature, 
So that's the first thing I started to feel right after my encounter with the tree. It is true that at a certain point, I was also bowing to the grass and just saying, I am nothing. I had this feeling that I was nothing. I was not more important than that grain of grass that I was looking at. And I bowed to it and it felt so beautiful to feel, to be completely separated from your ego and to feel that you're nothing, that nothing's too important. You know what I mean? That's at least the lesson that I got. And then I entered into a different phase while I was in that grass. And I don't know if it was because I saw you or because I saw Josefina, but I remember you and Josefina just coming to me. And then that kind of triggered something in my mind. I remember I was wondering, I was asking myself, why am I here? Why am I here? And then when you and Josefina came, I could let out all those raw feelings of pain, of frustration. I would call it mostly sadness, you know, because I remember I was mentioning my babies and I was mentioning all the time, I'm so sorry for them. I'm so sorry that I couldn't, that I couldn't make it. When Josefina heard me saying this, she moved me into a little corner of the garden and we started having a conversation that was really important and it still is important until today about guilt, about the guilt that women feel after this kind of experiences. And she used that time and that mental headspace in which I was, and I was so receiving to really convince me that none of this was my fault, that none of what happened means that there's anything wrong with me. And I remember that conversation, it was so beautiful and I was crying and it was hard, yes, but it was not re-traumatizing. I did not go through any of the, you know, visions I thought that I would go through it was just pure releasing and it was great. Amazing. How long of a time elapsed with Josephina? And then do you return back to your happy place and like go deeper into that guilt wound? I wish I had. The truth is I was so happy with my eyes open and everything was so beautiful. But yes, I went back to my happy place and then I started to like walk around. I walked a lot. I was seeing people here and there. I was seeing my peers, you know, having their own experiences. And some of them were like having what I would consider a more challenging experience than others. But I didn't let that, because you guys also warned us about this, I didn't let that affect my experience. I was just enjoying of the beautifulness of the place and the connection with nature. And to be honest, I regretted a little bit at the end of the macrodose, not having closed my eyes more. I felt that I was there on a mission. This is why I was repeating myself all the time. Why am I here? Why am I here? Let's not forget that you're here because you need to find out something. I was repeating this compulsively. Then the trip ended and I had this amazing experience and everything was so beautiful and I enjoyed it so much that it was just sharp. It ended and I had the feeling at the end when I started to see things clearer, my sentiment was a bit like, man, did I do everything that I could have done? Or was I just so entertained with the beautiness that I didn't tackle the real challenge, that I didn't tackle the real, you know, my real issues and my deep pain. I talked about it with, I think, Lydia and the psychotherapist. And we had a really good conversation about it, which tackles exactly my problem. Expectations make us blind. You cannot control everything. You cannot make the most out of everything. Not every single moment, issue, thing in the world is going to go exactly as you want. These are raw feelings. This is what the mushroom decides you to see. And it was also a lesson itself because in a way I understood that maybe there was no such 
thing, you know, like, yeah, I had gone through a lot of pain, but there's also not like, I don't know, like this horrible idea of death in my mind. Like I was just fine. I took it well and I should just enjoy with what the mushroom and the experience decided to give me. And that really calmed me a lot and helped me to lower my expectations towards myself, especially towards psilocybin because it was amazing. That's wonderful. So how did your DMT experience go? I had like all these hopes peeled up around the DMT trip. I remember being a bit terrified because it's a wild trip, right? It's intense. So the people that were going before me were like, there were some people screaming or there were some people crying, like, of course, you know, everybody was having their own thing. And then my turn came and I remember I've smoked in the past, so I know how to smoke, but I remember thinking, okay, I want to take enough pops to make this long lasting enough so that I can make the most out of it. So I think I did a good job there. And in the moment I fell to my back, I remember started seeing what at the beginning were like a lot of beautiful geometrical figures. And then these geometrical figures transformed and kind of showed this beautiful room. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, I think, to this day. I know my mind kind of created it, but it was just so beautiful. It was full of, yeah, geometrics. Everything was geometric, but there was also death to the room. And then at some point I, I was wondering to myself, it's like, oh my God, what is this? And then like the most incredible wave of peace and love invaded my entire body. I disconnected, like I really went out of my body and mind. And there were three things that I could hear, nothing else. The first thing was, this is a mother's uterus. A mother's uterus, not my uterus. This is a mother's uterus. This is heaven. The second thing I could hear was, now you can love yourself. And the third thing, and I'm saying them in order, is there's nothing wrong inside. Everything that's wrong is outside. So you can fix it. There's nothing wrong inside you. It's fine. Now you can love yourself. And then I remember it was already fading out by the time all this realization came together in my head. And I was just thinking, no, no, please don't go. I need to know more. You know, it was like, almost like, no, now the lesson started. Then the moment of it fading out and you opening your eyes and then coming back to the real world. And I saw Josephina's face and then I just started crying as if, I don't know, as if I had a revelation that was going to change my life. And it did. And I said, heaven is a mother's womb. The inception place is where everything starts and everything dies. So there's no difference. I came to the realization that there's no difference between life and death because everything's in that room, you know, it's one place that holds it all, that holds the eternal. So I could feel that that's where my babies were in a way because the mother's womb, right? And that's heaven. And it was just like such a peaceful feeling to know that they're in this beautiful place and that they never felt anything throughout this whole process, you know, as much as it was so painful for me everything painful was in the exterior and not in the interior so in general to understand that for me this was like okay wow like now i'm free of blame i protected them i never made them suffer of course it was bad for me but there's nothing wrong with me you know i'm not genetically wrong i'm not i'm capable of bearing children there's nothing none of those fears are there Everything that's inside, it's fine. It's a beautiful room. And this is a place where still today I can close my eyes and 
go back to. And it literally, it's like an instant medicine. It's an instant pill that I can take. And it's so unvaluable. Wow. That is so beautiful. I'm so glad you got to share about that. And then what about the mini dose for you? Was that, did you touch that space at all or was it just super light? Yeah, it was, it was light, but I mean, with the mini dose, I had again, a really great trip. I have to say that I think I was one of the ones that made the most out of it because I was a bit trained in being half breathing. We did like the cold bath in the morning and we practiced being half breathing to activate the whole breathing system. And it really goes well with a mini dose, I think, because it helps you like activate the doses into your brain and make a most enjoyable experience. And in my case, for example, while I was breathing, I could kind of see my third out, which was really cool. It didn't happen all the times, but if you really close your eyes and I was doing active breathing at the same time, then you can see the third eye. And then you go into a much more peaceful state. You can really relax. And that was a mini dose for me. And then I was able also to talk to people, but I was just enjoying myself, you know, independently. And then I remember the mini dose really mostly hit me in a fun way where we went for a walk. There's like a little area with the banana trees and whatever. And they took us for a walk there after we took the mini dose. And I remember being in that place. It was like Jurassic Park, you know? And I was thinking to myself, this is so cool, but we would never survive this walk in a macro dose, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it was very nice. I also enjoyed it a lot. And I'm looking forward to repeat it here now in my country. Wow, amazing. So coming home, was it hard to come home or did you feel renewed or what was it like to reintegrate back into your life at home? It's definitely helped me. Like it's definitely a step forward. I would say that it's not a silver bullet, you know, for anything. Nothing is a silver bullet for anything. I mean, what I can say of my experience with psychedelics is it's something you need to try I think it's a positive experience. It's life-changing, especially when you can go deeper like it did with a macro dose. It's worth taking the risk. It's not going to be a silver bullet for everybody. Not everybody's going to have that relation that I had. But I definitely think that it's a safe, natural, just simply great way of tackling your mental your mental illnesses sometimes or your mental issues, you know, or if you if you're carrying trauma. I mean, it's definitely something that you have to try. And in my case, it's definitely helped. It's helped with the anxiety. It's helped with my relationship with others. It's helped as a great story, you know, to bring this message of what psychedelics do and natural medicine does in general to society as someone that has gone through the experience. Like no one in my circle has gone through this experience, you know? So they also take this as a maybe the beginning of their trips. And if that's the case, then it's all worth it for me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lily, for sharing your story. I'm wondering if you have a message for other mothers out there or women who have gone through, like you said, something that was seemingly incredibly unique because of the particular genetic disorders, but is actually widespread and not that unique where women are put in the position that you were and their trauma is not necessarily recognized. Do you have any suggestions or can you offer them any words of wisdom after moving through two of those difficult situations? Yeah, I would say, and maybe this is not going to be too politically correct, but I would say, don't trust your doctor by default. Trust whoever is listening to you. That person that is listening to you can be yourself. That person that is listening to you can be your mother. It can also be your doctor. 
but don't ever fall into a long-term treatment that can have long-term effects on your body and mind without knowing absolutely that the person that is sending you towards that path knows your problem end-to-end. After my two abortions, I was sent by Western medicine straight up into medication, straight up into antidepressants. I'm really happy that I listened to the person that was, you know, listening to my problems, which was myself and my family. And I didn't go into those medicines, which, I mean, I'm not against it. I'm just saying it was very arbitrary the way I was sent into, into those medicines. And I think my path now is... It's more, I, at least I can relate it more to it. I can relate more. Thank you so much, Lily. Was there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? You covered everything. I guess I, I can just take the opportunity to thank you and thank the rest of the team for allowing me to pass this period, you know, and to find peace into what happened to me, to provide me with a lifelong solution, which is going back to that beautiful place that I saw in my DMT trip. And by reassuring me about the effectiveness of psychedelics as a therapy, it was beautiful to get to know you all, your beautiful team. Thank you so much, Lily. It was wonderful talking with you today. Thank you all so much for listening. You can find all the information that you need to learn everything about this retreat on EleusiniaRetreat.com. We are a retreat that offers ongoing integration support, breathwork classes, and cultivation support after you have attended this retreat. It's an amazing experience that's one of its kind. If you're looking for a science-based retreat, something out of the box, something to change your life, something to add to your practice, this is where you really need to start, EleusiniaRetreat.com.